Is Bryce Foster one of the best centers in college football this season? You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. This offensive line has been a real hot topic of late. A lot of people, and I've talked about the offensive line a little bit on the show so far, and I've gotten a mixed bag of comments and opinions on the offensive line and what it's going to look like this season. Um, a little bit of negativity, which is, hey, it's fair because we're going to talk, we're going to look at both sides of this argument. A little bit of negativity, a little bit of positivity, and I understand both sides of it. So Mike Farrell, a well-respected college football analyst, writer, uh, made his list of the top five, or I'm sorry, of the he made his list of the best offensive lines in the SEC. He had the Aggies at number four. So, you know, to me, I get it. There's a lot of teams in college football. There's a lot of Power Five teams, but to be the number four team, n- number four offensive line in the best conference in college football, I do believe that goes a long way. And what this means to me is that the Aggies. Offensive line is going to take a step forward this year. Now, one thing we see a lot is a team will return a lot of players, a lot of production, and immediately they'll kind of get a boost because of that returning production. I can see how that's the case with this Aggie offensive line a little bit, a little bit. But because, like I said, this offensive line projected starting five, which I'll go over here in a little bit, um, 75 combined starts between them. So a lot of experience on this offensive line, which – I get why people kind of knee-jerk reaction want to rank an offensive line that has experience higher, but I'd rather have a group of dogs who doesn't have a ton of experience and just had a good year than a bunch of guys who have had experience and and haven't played great with that experience. But I think this Aggie offensive line is going to take a step forward from last year. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the PFF grades from last season, it was not great. There were a few guys, like, let's hear, Ruben Fothry's grade last year was 69.1. You know, that's not that's not great, but it's, I mean, that's a, that's not a terrible number. And then Cam Dewberry was 63.4, his PFF grade. And once again, those numbers are not by any means outstanding, but they're passable. Uh, Trey Zunes was 69.3. Uh, late, uh, Layden Robinson's was 57.1. So that was the real number that we don't love. Now, ironically, Bryce Foster's, um, PFF grade last year was not great, but he only played four games before going down with the season ending injury. So I, I just kind of throw it out. You know, it's the beginning of the season. Uh, the PFF grade for those games, like I said, wasn't outstanding. I'm not concerned about it. So really Layden Robinson was the only, terrible uh, grade, to be honest with you. If you look at these numbers, some of these numbers, if you're around above, you know, 63 is kind of, and, but if you're around 70, that's a fine number. So I think that's something to build off of. And this was the quote from Farrell with the, you know, his kind of his little reasoning for why he likes the Aggie offensive line this season. So let's look at it. 
This team was not good last year. Offensive line talent is very good, though. Bryce Foster can make a case for the best center in the country. So, that's high praise for Foster. A guy who, you know, if he doesn't go down last year, and I I do think that's a big part of the offensive line struggles last year, was Foster going down with that injury. And, you know, the, the center is is the real, is the general of the offensive line is the way I look at it. You know, they, they do a lot. They call a lot out. And losing that guy, it can be difficult. And not only, you know, snapping is, is hard, you know, snapping the football. There's, there's a lot that goes into the center position. I think it's arguably, besides maybe left tackle, the most difficult position on the line. And um, Foster does it well. Like I said, this is high praise from someone who knows the game better than me. And I'd say it at most people saying that the Aggies have the fourth best offensive line in the SEC and that Bryce Foster is one of, if not the best centers in the, in the country. I mean, so I think the offensive line will be better this year. The flip side of that argument is this. You could look at it and say the offensive line was bad last year and it's pretty much the same guys. I get that argument. I do. I think Foster being back for the season is a difference maker. Um, I think a lot of people, we we all do this. I do this, but kind of get so focused on, well, they were bad last year. They're going to be bad this year. I feel like a lot of times when people sunshine pump and they say, well, you know, this has gotten better and this has gotten better. The offensive line is going to be better this season. You know, and I do that too. I mean, that's in essence what I'm doing right now. But I just think that I do think this offensive line is going to improve this season. I think it was I think it was better than we kind of thought looking at the numbers. I mean, you look at these PFF grades, you know, they're harsh. PFF is harsh given their grades. So you have three guys over 60, a couple right around 70 on your offensive line, and your and your starting center went down. Um, there's some positives to take away there. I think what Zoom does at, at left tackle is gonna be a, big for this offensive line. But at the end of the day, this offensive line is going to be. We're going to kind of talk about the how you know how dangerous this Aggie team can be this season, how boom or bust they can be, and I think a lot of it's going to come down to this offensive line. I think Wegman's going to pick teams apart if you give him time. I think the running backs are going to find holes and run for a lot of yards. All three of the guys that we've talked about on this show are going to have good years, but it's going to come down to if this offensive line can create holes. I hate the thought of that, that it's like you could have elite receivers and elite quarterback and elite running backs, but if your offensive line can't do what they need to do to make those guys shine, sorry, you're out of luck for having a good offense. And so this offensive line, like I said, so the, let's recap these two sides of this argument. My side of the argument is that these PFF grades were better than many imagine. Foster according to one of uh, an outstanding college football analyst and writer says that he's one of the best centers in college football. And you bring back um, pretty much your whole offensive line from last year when it comes to starting games, 75 combined starts between these guys. The last statistic I want to run through on these guys is the heights and weights from left to right. So we're going to go from left tackle to right tackle heights and weights. 6'7", 320 for Zune, 6'4", 330 for Dewberry, 6'5", 325 for Foster. 6'4", 325 for Robinson, and 6'8", 330 for Fothery. Man, 6'8", 330. Goodness gracious. But this is a big offensive line, talented players. I think that the their, when, their improvement is going to improve the offense, 
And I don't think all of the struggles last year were on them. You know, you had quarterbacks coming in and out. You had injuries. You lost a lot of your star players. A, a lot can be can look bad on the offensive line when it really, in essence, isn't all on the offensive line. They were not great last year. They were pretty bad. But I think it's they're going to take a step forward this year. If you're in the camp that they're not, I get it. I get it. It's the same guys. You could argue if they haven't gotten any better, this offensive line is going to be awful because they were not great last year. And it's the same guys, in essence, besides Foster being down at the injury last year. So I get both sides of the argument. Um, I think I'm just pretty much hopeful, I mean, for lack of better words, because we're going to talk about how good this team can be this season. But I think a lot of it's going to come down to this offensive line because we know how great the defense is, the receivers, the tight ends, the quarterback, assuming Wegman has a good year, the running backs. We know how good these positions are. A lot of it's going to come down to this how this offensive line plays. If this offensive line takes a massive leap, this team could be elite. If this offensive line is bad, this team could be bad. So I think this team's going to go the way of the offensive line. And hopefully they take a giant leap forward and with Bryce Foster kind of leading the way, being the leader of this unit, they can improve a lot this year. The Aggies are one of the most dangerous teams in college football. We're going to talk about that, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. That's right, guys. Like I say, the NBA championship starts on Thursday. First game first game of the championship is going to be on Thursday. We got the Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat should be a fun series. I'm rooting for, like I talked about it yesterday a little bit, but I'm kind of rooting for the Joker and Jimmy Butler. I wish they could both win. But if you all are interested in the NBA, interested in betting on any sports, head on over to FanDuel and do it. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yeah, so another statistic I had seen this year was kind of talking a little bit about the how dangerous this team could be. So 24-7 Sports put out a graphic talking, just saying the top 10 most dangerous teams in college football this season. Dangerous to me is a bit relative. Now, I did, of course, read the article. Um, and what I kind of took away was just boomer bust ability of this team could be elite or this team can kind of be eh. You know, um, so some teams that were on this list, there were two SC, there were three SEC teams in total. The Aggies were eighth on this list. There were two teams above them that are ironically both on Texas A&M's schedule. Those two teams were Tennessee and South Carolina. And we actually have talked about the boomer bust potential of those two teams as well. And I think the interesting thing about uh, teams like Tennessee, South Carolina, and Texas A&M is when it comes to like I think Tennessee and Texas A&M are great examples of this argument, but both of those of those teams, Texas A&M and Tennessee, have quarterbacks who we saw a little bit of last year who showed signs that they could be elite, but we just don't really know yet. And so that's why I think you use this word dangerous. If those two guys hit, if Tennessee's quarterback ends up being what we think he can be with that rocket arm of his, and Wegman ends up being elite, these two teams can be outstanding in their matchup this season. In Knoxville, could be a really fun one. If those two quarterbacks are kind of eh, you know, it, it the matchup might not be as exciting as many expect. And I think the reason that 
the the difference between this team's ceiling and this team's floor is just absurd. And it's because of while you know a lot of your, your you have a lot of young talent. The recruiting has been outstanding for Texas A&M over these last three or four years. We all know that. And, of course, the 2022 class was elite. You have a lot of players that are going to be starters this year from that class. So I think, you know, depending on young talent is always a little bit scary. I mean, you know, you're going to be having Evan Stewart second year, Connor Wegman second year, Ruben Owens, who I think is going to get a lot of carries as a true freshman. You're going to have you know, some Walter Nolan on. You're going to have a lot of younger guys playing snaps and that to me is where the da- the word dangerous comes from on this graphic and referring to Texas A&M because I think the best way to describe it is boom or bust I think this team could win 10 games on the top end of things I think this team could win six games on the bottom end of things and it's going to be one of those things one of these situations where it all I think if all goes into place right if the offensive line takes a step forward like we just talked about if Wegman is elite this year, if Evan Stewart's as good as we think, if this receiver core is as good as we think, if this defense is as good as 24-7 sports believes it's going to be, if all those things fall into place, this team could win 10 games. And people are going to come at me in the comments and say, there is no way this team's winning 10 games. Um, I get it. I get the negativity. I get that a lot of people are frustrated with Coach Fisher and maybe even are Tired of them, want them gone. I get all of it. I get that last year was painful. I was part of it. I was, you know, I watched too. I struggled through it. But I just, the reason that I'm so excited about this season, I've been trying to think, you know, because I've been talking a lot about my excitement for this season. And I've been trying to kind of like sum it all up to what it is. And I think this graphic and this word dangerous is exactly what I've been trying to say over these last few weeks hosting the show for you all. I think it's, if it falls into place, this team's going to be outstanding. And a lot of variables have to fall into place. And I think it's kind of funny because you can kind of break it down into categories. It's like if everything happens, the things I just said, Wegman's elite, the offensive line's great, the defense is as good as we imagine, this team could, could win 10 games. If uh, the defense is great and the offensive line takes a step forward, but Wegman is kind of so-so, this team could win eight games. If – but you know, the offensive line's awful. The defense isn't as good as we expect. And Wegman isn't great. This team could win six games, maybe less. And that, I think situations like that tend to make for the most fun seasons. And I think what I mean by that is the seasons where you kind of just don't know. You know, a lot of times you can run through a schedule. Like, you know, I do that a lot. I'll print out all the different SEC team schedules and kind of run through what record do I think they're going to have, who, how many uh, games is this team going to win, how many games is this team going to win. I enjoy doing that. It's just something I enjoy doing. And normally when you kind of run through a schedule, you can kind of go, okay, I feel pretty confident this team's going to win seven or eight games or six or seven games, and it's kind of like a tight, more of a, a tight, you know, little uh, ceiling floor for most teams. This Aggie team, it, it, it is the ceiling and the floor is a massive difference. And that is going to, that's what makes for fun seasons. If the ceiling hits, this team could be competing for an SEC championship. If the floor hits, we could be having a conversation in five, six months about a new head coach or if Jimbo Fisher's on the hot seat. There are so many different situations that could play out for the season, and I get it. There's always multiple different things that can play out every year, every season for every team. But I do think a lot of what's kind of going on here 
is going to lead to a season where the Aggies could be really stinking good. So this dangerous factor, it, it to me, it's the boomer bust. The boomer bust factor is what's going to make this season so fun. It is what's going to make the outcome for the Aggies in 2023 so could be so different on so many different levels. Um, so like I say, and speaking about the ceiling, you know, you, you break down the schedule again. We've talked about the games. Like if you go and you take care of business against Ole Miss on the road in a game that I, I think is going to be a tight one, you know, you beat Auburn at home, you beat South Carolina at home, you take care of the games that you are supposed to win. You know, Miami's in that, in that, you know, area. And then you have the, I, I broke it down into two categories. You have the three games that are obvious wins and the three conference games that aren't the Miami game. You have, I believe the six games that are kind of more um, you, you, you probably you're either going to be favored or going to be more like 50, 50, which would be Auburn, Mississippi state, South Carolina, Miami, Ole Miss. Hmm, who am I missing here? Ole Miss. Oh, in Arkansas. But yeah, those are the six games that are kind of, you know, and that, that, that of course gets you to nine. And then the three games that I don't think you win. Tennessee, LSU, and Alabama. The way I think about it is like this. If you those six games that are kind of you're either projected to win or are going to be kind of close to 50-50, you win all six of those games. I'm not saying it's going to happen. If you win all six of those games and then you 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 steal one against Bama at home at Tennessee at LSU, which I don't see being likely, but you do that, it's a 10-win season. Then, you know, you flip the side of that. You lose all three games to those guys, to those Tennessee, LSU, and Bama, and then you South Carolina gets the best of you at home, and you lose to Miami on the road, and you aren't able to to beat Ole Miss on the road. Then it's just you know a six and six season, and that's why it could go either way. I'm really excited to see this team play, so I can I feel like I can better you know kind of project the season because I truly I mean I guess what I'm getting at here is I truly could see this team going any direction and i think it's going to uh, going to lead to a potentially really fun season for the aggies the kickoff times for a few of the aggies 2023 football games were announced that is correct for the four non-conference games kickoff times were announced so we're going to run through those and just talk about how we feel about this first game Beginning of the season, September second, September second, New Mexico is coming to town. This game is at six p.m. on ESPN. So, you know, I think being on prime time, ESPN, seven o'clock or six o'clock game, I think that's good. I think that's a good kind of game to get your get your team pumped up to go in. You know, when you have that big game, and that right there feels like the, the first, of course, pit, and we'll, we'll, obviously New Mexico isn't one of the bigger games on the schedule, but that Miami game is going to be pivotal to the season because it's the first of those six games that we kind of just talked about. And so I think this is a good – it's a test run. You know, you, you play New Mexico. It's going to be on ESPN. It's open up the year. The crowd's excited. The crowd's rowdy for a fun year of Texas A&M football. You go out there. You push people around. You put up points. The defense looks elite. You blow this team out of the water, and it's a good tune-up for your game with Miami. Uh, it's fun. You know, a lot of SEC teams play their opening game of the year on ESPN Plus and stuff like that, which can make it hard for all fans to see. And I'm glad that the Aggies are going to open their season on ESPN. Night game, it'll be fun. Get with the friends, have a few drinks. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a fun way to start the season 
on a hopefully beautiful September 2nd day. Then that Miami game is a 2.30 kickoff. It's going to be on that game's on September 9th, and it's going to be on ABC. This is the game I've talked about it. You know, it's good. It, like I just said, it's one of those six games that the, the Aggies need to find a way to take care of business. Um, it, you know, the FPI rankings give the Aggies an above 50% chance to win this game, you know, but not by a ton. It's going to be a game where on the road, it should be a tight one. If it was at home at Kyle Field, I would feel a lot better about this game, but I do think it's going to be a tight one. I think the Aggies win, but I think it's going to be tighter than many think. So once again, another game on television. Don't got to worry. Well, obviously that one's going to be because it's against Power 5 school, but you don't have to worry about any of the ESPN Plus stuff, which we're going to get to in a minute because there is a game on there. Next game is the 3 o'clock game against University of Louisiana Monroe on September 16th. This game is going to be on SEC Network. Um, and once again, that's a game you just go and you take care of your business. That'll be the week before you get into SEC play. So you just need to go. Louisiana Monroe is going to be coming to town, take care of business. Hopefully you're coming off a win against Miami, and this is a game where you're able to kind of get yourself healthy before the Auburn Tigers come to town the following week and you start SEC play. So, you know, another primetime game. I'm not primetime, excuse me, but I mean on a – um you know, as you see network or channel that everybody's going to going to have. So that's, you know, I, I like seeing that the Aggies are be playing on good channels and it's where everybody's able to get the game. Well, I need to, I need to pipe down because here we go. The last game of the game's time kickoff times that have been released is the 11 a.m. game versus Abilene Christian. This game is like I said at 11 on November 18th on ESPN plus. That one stinks a little bit. The ESPN plus thing, you know, it's whatever, uh, nine, eight, nine, ten bucks per month. You know, it. I always hate when there's a couple ball games. It's always like that beginning of basketball season and beginning of you know football season. Or well, this game is of course closer to the tail end. But um, there's there's going to be a game or two on there for both basketball. Most baseball games are on there. Some football games are on there. It's a good thing to have if you're a big Aggie fan or a big college sports fan. Like for me, you know, I've as I've said, I'm a big college baseball fan. So I of course pay for ESPN Plus because I like to be able to keep up with all the action. So. Those are the kickoff times of these games. Like I said, I'm I'm really excited that that first game is on ESPN, just because I think I just think it's a good thing to get the team pumped up. You're on ESPN, you're playing uh, not very good, you know, team to where you can go and you can just get things done, get the first game jitters out of the way, fine tune everything, offensive line, get used to blocking somebody that's not your buddy. And hopefully Wegman and the running backs and the receivers are all on the same page. The defense is able to lock things down. You go get a victory and you head on to Miami to play one of the bigger pivotal games early on in the season. So a lot of fun football to be played this season. And um, like I say, I want you all to tell me in the comments uh, what your thoughts on this offensive line. I've gotten some comments on the offensive line, but I mean, you know, hey, if you disagree, if you want to roast me, if you're not, you don't think the offensive line is going to be great this year, let it fly. Like I say, I appreciate it. I love hearing your all's thoughts on all this. And then the same thing with this, the whole, you know, boomer bust stuff we talked about. Is this Aggie team, what's the win total? You know, what what is the number that you feel good saying? I think the Aggies are going to win eight games, nine games, six games, ten games, whatever it is. If you're sunshine pumping, if you're spreading the haterade, whatever you want to do, let me know those two things in the comments. But, hey, like I've said, I've said the last couple of days, we are less than 100 days away from Texas A&M football, and I – could not be ex- more excited if I physically tried. So, I, I like I say, I'm really excited to bring you know coverage and, and break down all this, the football news and different stuff for you all. But we're getting there. It is almost time for Texas A&M football. 
But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. I appreciate you all stopping in. We have a special guest on Friday's episode, so be looking forward to that and checking in on that. It's a former Texas A&M defensive lineman. So, but like I said, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you tomorrow.